Praise the Lord. Please, we want the choir to move forward. Let the choir move so that there are no spaces. And then we want some of you in the back to move forward. We don't want, if there is an empty chair in front of you, move to that chair. Okay? Apart from the first row that we reserve for the ministers, if there is an empty chair in front of you, move forward. Please, quickly, let's do that. We need to be able to organize even ants. When you see ants, they organize themselves very decently. The Bible says all things will be done decently in order. If there is an empty chair in front of you, move there. We have empty chair in front of you, Mr. Spectacle. Okay. Empty chair is in front of you, move there. The only people that will not move are the children and uh, they are teachers. But for every other person, okay. Please, can you reduce the volume of this? Is too high. Sound mixer. Reduce it and, okay. So that you not be sounding hollow and out of place. Hallelujah. Now, this is one of the conferences every year that we hold. Though this one is an internal program. And we call it Easter Faith Convention. Because it is geared towards helping us to develop our faith. Because your faith is very important. That is what God has given us to condition our lives. The present quality of life or standard of life that you are enjoying is a direct result of your faith. You can never live better than your faith can make you live. You can't. And that is why after you give your life to Christ, the next most important thing for you to do is to develop your faith. You know, when you want to learn how to speak English, the first thing they teach you is A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Q-R-S-T-U-V-W-X-Y-Z. That is what they teach you. Because without an understanding of ABCD, you can never speak English. Because there is no English word that is not made out of ABCD. And if you want to do arithmetic in those days, I don't know whether they still do, in the primary school, the first thing they teach you is the multiplication table. So what ABCD is to speak in English, and what the multiplication table is, to be able to do arithmetic, that is what faith is. To be able to live the life of a Christian. You start your life as a Christian by faith. Ephesians 2.10 says, For by grace were you saved through faith. Romans 5.1 says, Being justified by faith, we are peace with God. A man can receive nothing except it's given to him from heaven. And there is only one force that can pull things down from heaven. It's not your crime. It's not your argument or your contention. It's your faith. And that is why we always set this time aside to talk about the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary and how important it is for you to develop your faith. 
faith is so important. He said, we walk by faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith. We live by faith. Even the Bible says, as believers, we need to die in faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. He said, these all died in faith. So it's important for you to know what faith is. When we gave our life to Christ in the 80s, that was very common teaching. But nowadays, they are teaching breakthroughs. But you don't really need breakthrough if you don't have a breakdown. And there is nothing that can make you experience breakdown like lack of faith. Jesus had problems with his apostles on one or two occasions about love. But many, many times it was a faith problem. Every time it was a faith problem. Why is your faith so little? Why did you doubt me? Why did you not believe me? All of those things. And I want to amplify on the fact that whatever you need to do, one of the things I'm trying to do now is to write a book on faith. Not that I'm going to sit down and write it. Over the years, I've preached probably more than 100 messages on faith. So what we are doing is that we are putting them together. And during this Easter program, we have decided to give 30% discount on all messages that we have preached here so that you can buy them. Because there are some people, except you give it to them free, they will never take it. But the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth and sell it not. Okay? So, during this Easter period, all the books, all the CD messages, every one of them is going to be discounted. 30% discount. So, if it is 1,500 before, this period, it will be 1,000 naira. If it's 300 naira before, this period will be like 200 naira. So that as many as you can acquire, you will acquire them. Because I know that you need to be able to have these things in your life. So many teachings on faith. Touch of faith. What faith is? Defective faith. Uh, faith is not denying the fact. The Sabbath Jesus could not heal. Now faith is. Tenses of faith. So many things about faith. You need it. It will help you grow. Those were the messages that I preached in this ministry when we started. And I had to teach them that because if we are going to be able to work together, then we have to agree. Amos 3.3 3 says, can two work together except they be agreed? You need those teaching on faith. Fundamental. The just shall live by faith. By faith. Not just the pastor's faith. When some people come to you, they want you to pray for them because they think your faith will work when their own does not work. It's not the pastor's faith that, that makes it possible for you to have something. It is your faith. It is going to be done to you according to your faith. Not the faith of the church. Not the faith of, uh, of the problem you have, the degree of the problem. When you develop your faith, you become an independent Christian. You are able to act and live on a higher level. Like I always tell people, I have never been prayed for like this. Say, I'm sick. In 37 years of being a Christian, I've always had to believe God for myself. And I'm going to teach you that principle today. And you're going to understand that overcoming faith is not a choice. It is what you be. Overcoming if you want to come to a level, there are going to be obstacles. And so overcoming faith teaches you how to have power to overcome it. 
and then be able to come to the place where you want to be. You'll find it in the book of Revelations. One of the statements that Jesus made to all the churches. He said to him that overcometh, this is what you are going to get. If you overcome, you will get this. If you overcome, you will be this. If you overcome, you will be that. If you overcome, you will have this. If you overcome, you will have that. So it's so vital for you to have that at the back of your mind. As we go into the world, I will say a few things and explain them. And I want you to think about them and go home and read up the scriptures as well. Let us open our Bibles to two openings. First John chapter 5. The book of First John. That is shortly before the book of Revelations. We are going to read from verse 4. This is where the text for this program is taken from. First John chapter 5 verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. very profound statement and this is the victory this is what makes it possible that overcometh the world even our faith if you are going to be a world overcomer if you are going to operate in dominion in this world you are going to have to depend on faith not your family background not how long you have been a Christian not the church you attend or who your oversight is and then Numbers chapter 13. We are going to read from Numbers chapter 13. And we are going to read into Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 13. And I'm reading from verse 26 down to Numbers chapter 14. Verse 8. That's a long reading. Numbers 13, 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sendest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong. The people they found in the land be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities were walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it but the men that went up with him said we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they brought up an evil report of the land which they searched unto the children of Israel saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we, that we saw in it are men of great stature and there we saw 
the giants, the sons of Anak, which came out of the giants. And we were in our own eyes as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Chapter 14. And all the congregation, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us unto this land? To fall by the sword that our wives and our children shall be a prey. Where were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return unto Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the members of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephune, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they speak unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it us. A land which floweth with milk and honey. Verse 9. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us, their defense is departed from them, and the Lord with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade, stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. By the grace of God, I will be speaking on the subject, the power of overcoming faith. The power of overcoming faith. Let us pray. Precious Father, we want to thank you for the privilege and the honor we have to worship you in the beauty of holiness. Thank you for the opportunity to teach faith so that your people's faith can be strong and grow because you expect us to have exceedingly growing faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We thereby, oh God, pray that your people will understand what is being said, comprehend it, inculcate it into their lives, and begin to practice a life of faith. We give you glory and praise for everything and all things. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Power of, power of overcoming faith. You will all agree with me that usually there are many ways of looking at something. There are many ways of looking at something. If I were to ask you, if you are to be like 10 people, and I ask all the ten of you to make one comment or the other about something, you'll probably come up with different ways based on what you see about that thing. 
if I were to ask you to describe probably a woman or a man, some of you will look at the clothes, some of you look at the head shy, some of you will look at the body frame, some of you will look at probably the way the person is walking. This is because there are so many ways of seeing something. There are many sides when it comes to seeing something. But let me say this to you. In the final analysis, it is not the way I see anything or the way you see anything or the way someone else sees anything that matters. What matters most in life for a child of God is the way God sees things. Is the way God sees things. Some people say, I don't see anything wrong with dressing the way I dress. I don't see anything wrong with having that kind of a friend. I don't see anything wrong with going to so and so place. But the big question is not the way you see it or the way someone else sees it or even the way your church sees it. What is important in the final analysis is the way God sees things. I want you to have that at the back of your mind. Because in this world, people will see things in various ways. But the time has come for you as a child of God to insist that the way you are going to see anything and everything is the way God sees it. You may look at it this way, you may look at it that way. But in what way does God look at it? Because it is with God you and I are going to have to deal with. I remember growing up as a Christian and some people will say this thing is wrong. Some other people will say it is right. Some other people will say there is nothing wrong with it. Some other people will say it is sin. Some other people will say it is completely immoral. It's completely out of focus. And I was confused as a young Christian. So one day I went to the Lord because there was an issue we were discussing. I went to the Lord and I said, God, I want to know the way you see it. After God had told me the way he sees it, he now told me above everything else. He said, what you have done is the right thing. He said, there's a difference in opinion or idea about what something is. He said, what I want you to do is to ask for my own views. Because my views are the best view about anything and about everything. And I remember going up as a Christian and God gave me these five things. Number one, God says to me, God does not see what we see. He sees things that we don't see. What you and I see are very limited. And God does not see only those things. He sees many things that you and I don't see. So his own angle of conception is completely different. So it doesn't matter. As a Christian, what I see, whatever you see, that does not measure the fact that that is the exact thing that God sees. Number two, God does not see who we see and sees who we don't see. You know, after when something is happening, probably you have a financial issue or you have a medical issue and your focus is on the second wife of your father. That is who you see. I can assure you that God sees more than who you see. He does, he sees, he, he, he does not see 
who is he? At times you look at yourself and say, well, I'm just a disappointment to myself, but God does not see you as that. God does not see you in terms of the past. Even if somebody else sees you like that. How God sees you is in terms of who he made it to be and who you are going to be at the end of the day. God does not see who we see and sees who we don't see. He sees who we don't see. I remember some years ago in this church, there was a woman who was, a member of the church was, was very critical and behind the back of leadership, she would criticize church leaders. She would make derogatory coach statements about people's wives. She would make comments that are unbecoming of a church member. But that is behind. Nobody saw it. I mean, for most of us, we didn't see it. But God's eye is in every place, beholding the good and the evil. So that woman, physically, naturally, she was behaving well. And everybody thought, oh, this is a nice woman. But bad things were happening to her. And after a time, I didn't understand it. Why do bad things happen to good people? So I went to the Lord in fasting and prayer. And the Lord said to me, you don't see in secret, but I see in secret. He said that what I see in secret is the basis of how I reward people openly. So from the reward of people openly, you can have an idea of what is in secret. God is in secret. He dwells in secret. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. And he does not reward in secret. He rewards openly. So if you see people in the natural, in the physical, and you see what is happening to them, you can't put a finger on them. You can't explain. You can't justify them. There are certain things that God sees. God sees who you don't see. The person you see is the person you accept them to be. But there are hypocrites. And they're all over the places. And God, Jesus said it in one place. John, I mean, Matthew 15, 8. He said these people draw near me with their mouth. He said, but their heart is far away from me. Number three, God said this to me again. God does not see when you see things, people, and events. It is not when you see people, things, and events that God sees them. God has seen them from the very beginning. God has seen it from the very beginning. It is not when you see, say, okay. But he saw it long ago. In Jeremiah 1, 4, 5, he said, before I formed you, I knew you. And before I brought you forth, I ordained you. So he has seen the end from the beginning. He does not see when you see. When you see, that is when you see it. But when you are dealing with God, he does not see what you see. He has seen it all. There is nothing that surprises God. There are so many sides to seeing things. But it's not the way I see it or the way someone else sees it that matter. It is the way that God sees it that is supreme. Let me give you two more here quickly. God sees where we don't see. He sees the heart of man. The heart of men are deep. Many things about men that you don't know, their motives. God knows their motives. You are always looking at their moves, 
But God sees where, where you don't see. You see, whenever I'm around people and they behave in a particular way, I always say, God, look at that person's heart. What do you see there? Is it deception? Look at their heart. You know, the psalmist said it in Psalm 139 verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my reins. If there is any wicked way in me, in me, lead me in the way of life everlasting. God sees where we don't see. Sees where we don't see. This is one way to relate to people. The way you see it is not actually all there is to see. What you see is not all there is to see. I went to a particular program so many years ago as a young Christian. And this man was the one preaching and he was so, you know, like fluid. Everybody was shouting and shouting and skibbing and, I mean, shouting and screaming on the top of their voice. But somehow, I had this dampened, cool feeling within me. I knew there must be something. So I told the Lord, why am I feeling like this? He said, I see where you don't see. I see his heart. I see his motives. I see his intention. I see his calculation. All these things are hidden from you. So let me say it again. There are so many ways you can look at something. But what matters most is the way God looks at it. One more here. God does not see how you see. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, is it my thoughts are not your thoughts? My ways are not your ways? As the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. When you have problem, many of us, whenever we have problem, the way you see the problem is that this problem is going to slow me down. It's going to weigh me down. But God can see it as intended to promote you. The fiery furnace, who was opened and the three Hebrew children were put across it and they said, you are going to burn in this place. Some of us will shout and say, hey, I don't want to die. But that fiery furnace was a promotion offer. When Job was going through all he went through, he lost ten children. Ten. Ten children in one day. I know families who have lost two children in one day. But Ted is a record. He lost all his wealth. He lost his health. Everybody will have been saying, wow. This man must be under a curse. Probably it was based on the way he acted in the life before now. That is why these things are like this for him. But very easily and simply, it was an opportunity for promotion. Because after he had passed through the fire, after he had passed through the waters, after he had gone through the rock and the hard place, God brought him out a wealthy place. God used it to test and to, to, to try him. And after he had been tried, he came forth as gold. God does not see how you see. We are so short-sighted in making our decisions and choices. We are so short-sighted. But God is long-sighted. He sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. So God told me this. He said, you can see it whatever way you see it. 
You can see whatever you see. You can marry without telling them in the church. You can raise money in the wrong way. You can get committed to one project or the other without divine approval. And you see, I don't see what I should, that I should be telling the pastor about. I don't see why I should not take the money. I don't see why I should open up my life to somebody in the name of being counseled. I don't see why if I come to church I should be serving. But that's not what is important. In what way does God see it? It's important, my late brothers and sisters, to begin to see things the way God sees it. It's so important. I'm going to expand on that a little bit later, but let me go on here now. In this message that I'm about to share with you, it's about an incident that happened when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they got to a place known as Kadesh Barnea. That was a place before Jordan. And they were going to cross over and go into the promised land. These about three million people. A lot. Three million people. So when they got to that point, Moses and Aaron said, look, we know we are going to the land of promise, but let us check out this land of promise. And let us do a fact-finding mission. Let us send some people into this land to go and look at how the land is. The kind of people that are there, the kind of fruits that are there. And they sent 12 of them. One from each tribe. You find this in the book of Numbers 13 that we just read. Verse 4 to 15. You find the names of the people that we are sent. Their names are Shapath, Aigal, Pelti, Gadil, Gadi, Amirel, Sethor, Nabi, Guel, Shamua, Caleb, and Joshua. Twelve of them. To go and look at the land. And after they had gone through the land, after they had surveyed the place, they have seen the people, they have seen the plant, they came back with a mixed report. Majority report, minority report. But the majority report and the minority report were different because it represented the way two of them saw it and the way ten of them saw it. Twelve of them went. They saw the same thing. They went to the same place. Two of them had a different report. Ten of them had a different report. And the report was a product of how they saw it. They were looking at the same thing. Let me give you a story here. Two people were sent from a company. A shoemaking company. To go and survey in a particular place. Whether it was good. A place. For them to establish a shoe factory. Two people. One person got there and he saw that. The people were not wearing shoes. And he sent the report to headquarters. 
is the headquarters. If we try to set up a shoe factory here, we will not sell. They said, why? He said, because people here don't wear shoes. The other person sent back to headquarters. Headquarters, we have, I have gone there, I've seen it, and people are not wearing shoes. If we set up a shoe factory here, we will sell a lot. Two people looking at the same thing and saying different things. The other person was so excited. He said, ah, please, let's set up a shoe factory quickly. Though they don't wear shoes, we'll teach them how to wear shoes. We'll train them to wear shoes. We introduce shoe wearing to them. We'll let them know that wearing shoes is better than going around with their feet. And headquarters went there based on the second man's way in which he saw it. And the shoe factory was set up and they made millions and millions and millions. Both of them saw the same thing in the same place concerning the same people but they came back with two different results. Now, the two people that came or went to the promised land to spy it out, they, they came out with the conclusion that is a product of them having what I call eyes of faith. They saw the promised land with eyes of faith. The ten people went to the promised land and saw the promised land with eyes of fear. In the world today, even in Nigeria right now, there are people who are seeing Nigeria with the eyes of fear. There are people who are seeing the world with the eyes of fear. The Bible says it in Luke 21, 26. It says, because of what is going to happen in this world, it says the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Men's hearts shall fail them for fear. For looking upon those things that are coming to pass in the world. Because the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. There are people who are looking at Nigeria. And saying, wow, this country will just break down. With all this looting. All this militia. All this complaint. All this economy. Ah, Nigeria will just collapse. One man sent me a text this afternoon and said, if things continue like this in the next two years, Nigeria will be finished. Now, what is he saying? He's not using eyes of faith. He's using eyes of fear. Another person told me and said, wow, Nigeria has a bright future. Now we are arresting people who have embezzled money. People who are storing money in warehouses and houses. Wow, this has never happened in the history of this country. Nigeria has a bright future. What is that? Eyes of faith. Both of them are looking at the same thing. And one is bringing back a report of fear. Ah, we are finished. It's all over. There's no future for this country. With this kind of money. I remember reading a comment that a former prime minister of UK made, David Cameron. He said... If the kind of money that have been embezzled in Nigeria in the last 30 years were embezzled in the United Kingdom, 
the country will have ceased to exist. He said, I don't understand what keeps that country going. He said, there is fantastic corruption and unmitigated embezzlement. Now, that is a report of what? Fear. He's talking from the eyes of fear. And there are people here, as I'm speaking tonight, that you are looking at future with the eyes of fear. Instead of looking at the future with the eyes of faith. Those who will enter into the promised land are those who use the eyes of faith. Not those who use eyes of fear. All these 12 people, of all these 12 people, 10 of them did not enter into the land of promise. Only two of them entered into the land of promise. And the two that entered into the land of promise were those people that used the eyes of faith. With what eye are you looking at your future? With what eye are you looking at your marriage? There is a prophetic promised land for every one of us. But the way you look at it now will either make you get there and overcome the giants or make you waste away in the wilderness. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So many years ago, when I received the call, there were other young men like me in this town who received the call too. And when God said I should stay here in the learning, I started looking at the eyes, I started using the eyes of faith. In Hebrews eleven twenty-seven, the eyes of faith is described there as someone who sees the invisible. What is faith? Let me define faith here. Faith is learning to see things the way God sees it. It means having God's vision or view about something. That is what faith is. Faith is seen with the eyes of our hearts. When you see something, not with the physical eyes, but with the eyes of our heart. Years ago, when people say, what are you doing in learning? I said, I'm doing the will of God. They said, no, it can't be. How will you be here? What will you make of it? Many of them who saw with the eyes of fear are not in recording today in ministry because it was the eyes of fear that made them dislocate themselves from the place where God would want them to be. But for me, it was with the eyes of faith. Today, some people are running away from Nigeria. Eventually, they will probably have to come back the reason why I'm saying this is depends on the land of promise is the land of promise. It depends on what you see. So, they came back and they brought a mixed report. They brought a mixed report. One report was what people saw with the eyes of fear. The other report is what people saw with the eyes of faith. In the next few minutes, let me do two things very quickly. I want to speak about what happens when you see things with the eyes of fear. Five things. It could be marriage. It could be your career. It could be your place of work. It could be ministry. The eyes with which you see it is the most important thing. Because it will affect what you get. It will affect what you end up with. 
it will affect where you stand. So quickly, in the next few minutes, I want to look at five things that happens when we see things with the eyes of fear. You'll find them in the scripture that I read. Numbers 13 to Numbers 14. I'll just refer to them. I will read them where they are and then you'll be able to understand what you see things. If for any reason any of these five things is happening to you about your situation, about your circumstances, you are not overcoming at all. Because you see, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. This is what guarantees victory. Our faith. The ten people never overcame. Despite the fact that God had made a provision for them to overcome. They never entered into the land of promise. Despite the fact that according to Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 23, God had pledged to them that he was going to bring them out and bring them in and give unto them the land. But they've never entered in. Not because of the giants. Not because they didn't want to. Not because God changed his mind. But because of the eyes with which they see. There is a way you can see everything that is happening. There is a way you can see your dismissal. If they dismiss you from your place of work. There is a way you can see an extra semester. There is a way you can see if you don't get a job. There is a way you can see if a dog shuts in front of your face. There is a way you can see it. But what will eventually determine what you get? Is not what happened to you. But the way you see it. There was this Dana crash. Dana crash. That happened in Lagos. There is a minister friend of mine in England. Known as Pastor Kevin. He got to the airport. And they told him that all the tickets had been bought. For some people they would try to force it. To make sure. Ah, oh he ha. When that happened, he just said, praise God. He said, that probably means that I will not have to go again to Lagos today. So he went and sat down somewhere and was reading newspaper. Just thinking probably at the end of the day, he will be able to find a way to go. After about 90 minutes, a report came back to Abuja Airport that the aircraft that left, which he never got on, crashed. You see what I'm saying is this. In life, the way you respond to certain situations are very crucial. Here is the land of promise. It's yours. All things are yours. But you have these eyes of fear with which you look at it. Eyes of fear with which you face it. But if you watch it with eyes of faith, probably the results will be different. He responded with the eyes of faith. And at the end of the day, he didn't die. He was able to go on later, got another flight, not that same day, the next day, and landed safely in Lagos. He looked at it and said, well, praise God. He does it. Fine. He never got bitter. He never became unhappy because he couldn't make it. He looked at it with a different eye. What are you looking at that situation with? As of fear. Or eyes of faith. Quickly. What happens when 
we see some things with the eyes of fear. Number one, when we see with the eyes of fear, we exaggerate our difficulties. We exaggerate our difficulties. Before this time, the children of Israel have been delivered by God from Pharaoh. Pharaoh was perhaps the biggest and the strongest king then. And God had defeated Pharaoh on behalf of the children of Israel. Exodus 7.16, Exodus 8.1, Exodus 8.20, Exodus 9.1, Exodus 9.13, Exodus 10.3. God sent Moses. He said, go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. That they may serve me. And Pharaoh was brought to his knees. And that same God was still with the children of Israel. But what happened? Because they went to the land and saw some tribes, Anarchy, Canaanites, Perizzites, they came back and looked at the way they described the situation. They described the situation as if to say it's not the same set of people that the other two people saw. Look at what they said. I'm reading from verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Was Pharaoh not stronger than them? But they saw it differently. Pharaoh had been defeated by God. Is that God a different God? Is it not the same God today that he was then? You see, whenever what you are faced with seems to be so impossible, seems to be so like, ah, I may not succeed, I may not survive it. It is because you are looking with the eyes of fear. They brought an evil report. They say they are stronger than we, verse 31. Verse 32. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel. The land which they had gone to search is a land that eateth up the inhabitants. Ah, Mokuo. Ah, Mobeo. All those are exaggeration of your difficulties. There is nothing you are faced with that someone else is not faced with. There is no condition you find yourself that somebody else has not been in that same condition before. But one thing is that whenever you are looking at something with the eyes of fear, you exaggerate your difficulty. You exaggerate it. You give it a higher than life size these same people these same people do you know one thing they did not realize 40 years after when they enter into that land of promise you know what the people in that land said they say for the last 40 years we have been afraid when we heard about what happened in egypt and that you people were on your way here for 40 years, he said, we have been afraid. But look at the children of Israel. They were looking at them with the eyes of fear. They allowed fear to get the better part of them. Ah, we cannot. But 40 years later, when they go into that place, 
The people said for 40 years we have been afraid. The fear of you and the dread of you when we had what God did in Egypt was scared. It's going to happen to us here too. So they are lived in fear. But on the other side, because of the children of Israel looking at you with the eyes of fear, they were also afraid. When you are looking at something with the eyes of fear, it smells. When you look at a dog and a dog is barking and with the eyes of fear, the dog smells the smell of fear coming from you and barks you at you the more. But if the dog barks you and you respond by giving that instruction or telling it to keep quiet, it goes back once or twice more. So, when you're looking at something with the eyes of fear, it makes the problem bigger than your God. It makes the situation larger than life. It makes it look like God has never delivered you once. He's still the same God. And there is no temptation that is taking you, but such as is common. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted and what you have been to be there. With every temptation. I remember 20th of June 2002 when some gunmen came to my house where I was living then and ordered me to go into the car. And as we were driving around, sincerely, I was not in any way, in any form, in any fashion intimidated. For me to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So they looked at me after a while and said, Ah, why are you this quiet? What is your confidence? They said, Look, we have been doing this kind of work for a long time. And whenever we carry people the way we have carried you and showed you your picture, we know how they scream and shout. It's said, But you don't seem to really be bothered. Who are you? What do you do? You are talking to me. And I looked at them and I said, I'm a man of God. The leader of the group said, man, we know God, we know which one is man of God. The leader of the group says, we are from Benin Republic, we are not Nigerians. Though we speak, speak, similar, uh, we speak similar language. He said, so what are you? I looked at him like this, he said, because your behavior is square. This is gone. And in case you think there is no bullet in it, he pointed the gun out. So, so that you know that it's for real. This is, he said, we are not joking. So, what do you do? I said, I'm a man of God. We are. He said, What's that? I said, I'm a minister of religion. He said, Is there a ministry like that in this country? Then I said, I'm a pastor. Immediately, I said, I'm a pastor. The man screamed, Pastor! I said, Yes. He said, My God, we made a mistake. He said, But the people that came to us to tell us to come here, did not tell us that you are a pastor. They told us you are stubborn. <laughs> and that's why they said we should come. I said seriously, they said yes. So they looked at me and said, the man looked at, me and looked at the other people and said, we can't do this thing, we can't. We will not do this. We will not do this. And the other one said, what will you not do? He said, you know I'm the one who brought the business. And they started arguing and they cocked the gun and faced each other. Now what I'm saying is this. If 
you look with the eyes and see, look at it from the side of fear, the results will have been different. The results, the consequences will have been different. So whenever you see something or look at something with the eyes of fear, look at it and tell it, these two will pass away. I'm not going to go down with this one. I'm, this, this is not going to be my end. This is not going to be the conclusion of this matter. Look at the way Job faced that situation. He belittled the situation. He let the situation look like nothing. But these people said, we are not able. Ah. We can't. The sons of anarchy, they are there. We can't. That's the first thing that happens. When we see with the eyes of with the eyes of fear. Number two thing that happens. When we see with the eyes of fear, we underestimate our abilities. Numbers 13, 33. Whenever you see with fear, you underestimate your ability. You underestimate your capacity. There is a scripture in Romans 12, 3. Apostle Paul said, I speak to every one of you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Don't think more highly. That scripture did not say don't think highly. You need to think highly of yourself. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I am the apple of his eyes. I am flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. The eyes of the Lord are over me. And his ears are inclined to my prayers. I call upon the name of the Lord in time of trouble. And the Lord hear me and deliver me. But when you look at situation with the eyes of fear, you underestimate your ability. Look at verse 33. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giant, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. You are in your own sight as grasshopper. Did God deal with Pharaoh because you are grasshoppers? If you have no value, you are just grasshoppers? Do you know how many people God had to kill because of grasshoppers? At times, we don't think highly, we despise ourselves. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Say, hey, hey, kidney. Mm -hmm. We are just ordinary people. I don't say that. People who talk like that, the point is there's a little bit of fear and insecurity. And that's why they make that kind of statement. They said, we are like grasshoppers in our eyes. But the big question was, Jesus died for grasshoppers? Will he go to the cross because of grasshoppers? Insects, bugs, tata, lele soon. But that's what happens when people are looking at things with the eyes of fear. I sat down in that vehicle when those men surrounded me. They put four different guns in my belly. And I, I was just, I mean, I didn't just feel that. You see, the point is this. Safety is not the absence of danger. It is the presence of Jehovah. 
You see, many, many times, you underestimate your ability. You underestimate who you are in God's hands. You look down upon yourself. Silver or gold have I none, but such as I have. Some people think, oh, I don't have a car, I don't have a house, I don't have money. I'm nobody. No, you are somebody. Very valuable. Because you are precious in my sight. Isaiah 43, 4 says, Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. You are the apple of his eyes. These people say, well, like grasshoppers in our eyes, and then they committed a greater error. And they say, so are we in their sight also. Now, how did they know? When the people later said, they were afraid. Because you feel like nothing, because you feel like nothing does not mean you are nothing. Because at times you and I feel somehow, because of our family background, because of our experiences in life, because of the challenges we have, we feel we are nothing. But you cannot say that is the same way you, you are in the eyes of the devil. They say we are like grasshoppers in our eyes. So are we in their sight also. Now, I ask myself one simple question. Why did they have that mentality that made them believe they were like grasshoppers in the sight of the people in the promised land? Do you know why? Because they are coming out of slavery. Mentality of slaves. The way they were treated in Egypt, they thought was the same way they would be treated by the people in the promised land. But they have forgotten that they are God's people. It's called projection in psychology. Projection. When the way you think you are is the way you think God also think you are. It's called projection. And it's a mindset. It's a mindset. It is you who think you are nobody. But as far as God is concerned, you are somebody. So, look at it like this. When you look at things with the eyes of fear, you exaggerate your difficulties. Ha! Me, you really, shall I see in your little moment? Because you have never met people that happened to us, it has never happened to people. The self same affliction is accomplished in the brethren all over the world. They say, well, that's a pass in our eyes. And so are we in their eyes also. They the slave mentality, the self-concept of slavery was still in their brain. You know, in Egypt, they were like grasshoppers, really, before God stepped in. Whenever people want to amuse themselves, they will carry one of them and beat them and all of that. That was the kind of situation they were in in the other place, Egypt, that they came out from. But God has shown by what he did that they were important. They were valuable. They were, they were great in his eyes. They were heavy in his hands. They are his people. So you imagine that when you look down on yourself, you are despising what you should not despise. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But think highly of yourself. Don't think lowly of yourself. One day I was traveling to the north and we were looking for petrol on the road. 
And we got to a place and the man who was going to sell the petrol to us, you can see that the man had not taken his bath in two weeks. He, he didn't have a belt on. He had a trouser with belt holes, but he didn't have a belt on. All the teeth in front were gone. And a goat was coming nearby, you know. The goat was just coming. So I started chasing back the goat. Shh, shh. And the man answered, I said, why are you chasing the goat? I said, why? He said, are we different from goat? <laughs> now, he can think like that. But when he said that, it made me have an idea. Do you know there are people who think probably because you don't have a husband or because you don't have a child or because you don't have a job, you are nobody? It is God and the way he sees you that matters. The way he sees you that matters. And there is nobody who is not significant before God. But you are the one looking down. You, you just exaggerate your lack of ability. You underestimate your ability. It's called projection. What, what kind of image do you have of yourself? I remember some years ago we used to sing this song. I am somebody, somebody. I am somebody, somebody. I've been washed in his blood. I've been cleansed by his power. I'm a child of the most high king. I am somebody, somebody. <laughs> but do you know there are people in the church who think because they don't have a car, or because they are not rich, or because they are not prominent, they are nobody? Hey, I have never been an Ecolo. Never. Ragnar Bonke said it like this some years ago. He said, if you feel like, if you say, I feel like a worm, I feel like a worm, he said, be very careful because Satan will go fishing with you. You know, it is worms they put on a hook to catch fish. I feel like a worm. I feel like a worm. Put value on yourself. When you see with the eyes of when you see with the eyes of fear, that's when you underestimate your ability. You can do much more than you are doing. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. No matter what is happening, you are built to last. Revelation 12, 11. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame. Don't see yourself as a foot rug, a foot mat. No, I'm not. The way I'm talking now is the way I've always talked. Because when you see yourself the way he sees you and not the way you see yourself or the way others see you. Some of us grew up in family. Well, you are nobody. You are nobody. I remember in those days when I was also growing up in our family, whenever they want to make a decision, and they say, ah, George is not here. They say, What does George have to do about what we are saying? That's all. But that is no longer so. 
But even when they were calling me a worm, a worm, a worm, they were calling me a grasshopper. You know what I was calling myself? A lion. That's a lion. I was looking at myself the way God sees me. The way somebody sees me is not going to define me. And you should not allow it that because you don't have a degree or you have not finished school or you have become a professional student that because of that you are nobody. No, you are somebody. That's the second thing. When you look at life with the eyes of fear, you underestimate your ability. Number three, when we look with the eyes of fear, we get discouraged. Look at the children of Israel, what happened? I want us to look at this and read this. We get discouraged. Look at how discouraged these people were. I'm reading from Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. The first thing was that they exaggerated their difficulties. They underestimated their ability. And then they did what? They became discouraged. When you look with fear, your heart will fail you. Luke 21, 26. Men's heart shall fail them for fear. For looking upon those things that are coming to pass in the world. So many years ago in this town. When I had only two trousers and three shirts. And I looked like a disaster going somewhere to happen. I looked at myself. One day. In the mirror. And I broke down and started crying. Why? Discouraged. When you look with your, I was just thinking. I have been in the ministry. Preaching, teaching. Lay hands on the sick. Casting out devils. But when I looked at myself in the mirror. You've been waiting on God for the fruit of the womb. You've been waiting on God for admission. You've been waiting on God for financial breakthrough. If you, if you look with the eyes of fear. You'll first of all exaggerate your difficulty. Let me read with and then you'll be underestimating your ability. I seem to say you belong to the wasted generation. And the third thing that will happen, you'll be discouraged. We are just grasshoppers. They had a great pity party. Poor old us. They cried. But what was keeping them from the promised land was themselves, their fear. Many things have kept you from your promised land. The promised land is God's idea. The promised land is yours. But what you are looking at it with, what you are looking at the future with, will I ever be healed? Will I ever succeed in my career? When you look at the future with the eyes of fear, discouragement will come. What does it mean when you say somebody's discouraged? It means that the person lose interest. They started crying. Ah, Loma. 
They lose interest. They cry all night. You can cry for one hour or two hours. But by the time you are crying all night, you are discouraged. To be discouraged means the, the spirit in you is like taken away. You don't want to continue. To be discouraged means to lose one's confidence and enthusiasm. You lose your confidence. Will I ever be able to be pregnant? Will I ever make a difference in my generation? Will I ever be renowned? Will I ever be successful? When you exaggerate your difficulties, underestimate your ability, the next result is you become discouraged. Discouraged people cannot overcome anything. Once you begin to lose your interest in something, I was talking to Ben the Poet here. I cannot tell you the number of times he applied through jam. How many times did you apply? How many times? Eight times? Ten times. Ten times. To do jam. I mean to, you can remember, you can imagine how many times. But you see now he has overcome. He could have been discouraged. One time they gave him admission for BA Yoruba. Now Ben the Poet is not Yoruba. He's from Edo. So I asked him that, will you take it? He said, yes. So he went there. And when they got there, he said, sorry. It was a mistake. We won't give you the admission again. Now what I'm trying to let you see is that he could have been discouraged. If he had looked at you with the eyes of fear, he would have stopped. He would have been Admission and kidney. But you come on me, daddy. But I was talking to him a few days ago and I said, what course are you reading now? He told me, he said, English. I said, I can remember. That is the course you have always wanted to say yes. After 10 attempts. That is what faith is like. So, the end of this year, you'll be a graduate. Is that not so? It took him that long. But he made it. So, when he's talking about perseverance and all of that, and he's probably doing things the way he does it. And you're looking at him and you're laughing. He has gone through the waters. He has passed through the, the high seas. He has gone through the high and the low. Learn how to look at things and the future with the eyes of faith. Because the eyes of fear. He will have said probably... Daddy may not make look at. My mother was an illiterate. Probably I'm not even supposed to read. Probably I'm supposed to be a farmer. He could have said all of that and be discouraged. He never underestimated his ability and he never did at any point in time exaggerate his difficulties. He didn't say, ah, you told Jebby, Ten times. Jump in Nigeria. Jump. When some people before they call, they have admitted them. I saw one little girl like that. I said, How old are you? He said, 15 going to 16. I said, Yay. I don't ask for Ben Depoet's age. I don't. I don't have to ask. When you look at the future and things with the eyes of fear. 
you will be dispirited. You will be dispirited. There will be no life left in you. You will be dispirited. To be discouraged means to be frightened. It means to be deprived of courage. Courage is self-belief. Self-belief. When we don't live by faith, we get easily discouraged. You lose your confidence, you lose your enthusiasm. So many years ago when I had only two trousers and three shirts and my wife had probably three beautiful clothes only. The remaining are just rags. We could have multiplied, we could have increased, exaggerated our difficulties. We could have probably underestimated our abilities. But we didn't. That is the kind of faith that overcomes. That is what gets you to where you are going. Seeing things where God sees them. God will deliver the island of the innocent. When people say there is casting down, what will you say? There is lifting up. God will deliver the island. Of, that is seeing it the way God sees it. That is called seeing what is invisible. Seeing what is invisible. That's faith. Seeing things the way God sees them. That's faith. Not seeing it the way others see it. Others can look at it and say, bad luck. Try your luck next time. I don't believe in luck. I believe in Jesus. There used to be a song like that years ago. I don't believe in luck. At times they tell us, it doesn't take care, take care. We say, no, we don't take care. We take charge and we take control. That is what is called dominion. These people wept for the whole night. Once you begin to weep, you are discouraged. It's an emblem of a discouraged person. It's an emblem of somebody whose enthusiasm for something has been taken away. Cried the whole night. The congregation cried and they wept the whole night. Number four. When you begin to look at things with the eyes of fear, you start to complain. And you begin to blame, first of all, people. You begin to blame people. Look at that. Numbers. Go back to Numbers 14. You see what happened there. Verse 2. And all the children of Israel, after they had cried all night. Now the big question is, who caused all of this? The people did. I got a note someone wrote to me about two days ago. There was a notice wall. There was a notice place on the wall of a place of work. And the notice says, great exposure, great exposure, great exposure. Tomorrow, by one o'clock, let everybody come to a particular place where they will, the name of the person and the picture of the person that have been standing against their progress will be displayed. This was the management that released that kind of information. 
So everyone was saying, ah, thank God, Jesus. I will see the picture and the name of the person who has been studying the way of my progress. And so everybody gathered. And then they, they opened a box. And everybody was looking inside. Was it, ah, ah. What was it that was in the box? A big mirror. So whenever you come there, you open and you look inside, who will you see? Yourself. These people you can see the degeneration. First of all, you exaggerate your difficulty. Secondly, you underestimate your ability. Thirdly, you become discouraged. Then fourth, you begin to murmur. Murmuring. The Bible says one of the reasons why they destroyed them in the wilderness. Go and read it. First Corinthians 13. It says, we should not murmur like they murmured and they were destroyed in the wilderness. This murmuring was one of the reasons why they were destroyed. What does he say? And all the children of Israel, all of them without exception, murmured against Moses and against Aaron and the whole congregation said unto them will God that we are died in the land of Egypt or will God we are died in this wilderness the fourth thing people do when they are seeing things with the eyes of fear they gripe complain which means to complain to complain means to complain about something, I mean, to murmur means to complain about something in a persistent and irritating way. First of all, they mourned, and now they murmured. First they cried, now they complain. When you become critical of people, you know what? It's an evidence that you're looking at things with the eyes of fear. Because nobody can stop the fulfillment of God's promises in your life. Nobody can. Nobody can. But when you begin to blame people, it was so-and-so who did not give me money. It was so-and-so who lied against me. It was so-and-so. There was nobody in the Bible who ever put the blame on somebody else who overcame. Joseph never blamed Potiphar once. Daniel never blamed anybody. The three Hebrew children never blamed anybody. When you see yourself trying to attribute what is happening to you to somebody, I want you to go and write it down that nobody in this world can disannul God's plan for your life. No matter who they are. No matter where they're from. Not even once did Joseph see anything about his senior brothers for what they did to him. Not even once. Hey, he's my HOD. Hey, he's my this. Hey, he's my this. One of our members here, one of our ministers some years ago came to me here. 
and was telling me how somebody, a highly placed dean and highly placed vice chancellor, was harassing him. I told him that they said, Listen to me. They cannot remove one hair from your head. And when they have come and gone, you'll still be here. Professor Bernard. I'm telling you. I said, I said, I got it in They will have come and gone. You'll still be here standing. What they are trying to obstruct you from getting, they can't. I only tell people stop thinking somebody has the key to your future. It's between you and God. Hey, it is my mother-in-law that is preventing me from getting pregnant. And yo, 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 Lord. Because nobody can prevent you from what is a covenantal right. Who are that great man before the Rubabe? You will exist forever? No. Overcoming faith does not blame anybody. Anytime you are blaming somebody, it is fear. I cannot fear what flesh will do to me. I have been involved in occultism, and I'm telling people this. The greatest thing an occultic person can do to you is to delay what is yours as a child of God. Oh. But to deny what is yours is not possible. It's part of God's plan for your life. The devil cannot overrule God's plan. So your fear is unfounded. One sister came to me in London, the wife of a pastor. He said, my mother-in-law is this, controlling my husband, doing this, doing this. He said, I said, don't blame your mother-in-law. How did he succeed in controlling your pastor? You got to go address him. Because she was thinking, hey, this man is this woman is this man is my problem. That woman is I said, no, I said, they are not your problem. You are the one with your problem. You are the one who fear them. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who surround against me. Psalm 27, Psalm 27, read from verse 1 to 3. Psalm 91, 7 and 8. Is it a thousand will follow your right? Ten thousand will follow your left? With your eyes, you behold the reward of. You see God reward the evildoers. When you are looking at things in the eyes of fear, you know what? You, become, you begin to murmur. Murmuring. The Bible said those who murmur did what? They were destroyed. Stop blaming anybody. Pick up the pieces. Arise and shine. Your light has come. That is how to overcome. There is one song. I did not remember to tell the choir to sing it. This is how we overcome. How many of you remember that song? This is how we overcome. This is how we overcome. Beautiful song. Stop my morning. My You become critical of other people. People who mama, you know what they do? They work for the devil. They work against themselves. 
Mormon can never change anything. It has never been known to give anybody something good. What it gives are negative things. Quickly because of time. Let me try and round this off. Number five. When we look at things with the eyes of fear, we eventually give up and do what? Blame God. You know from the very beginning you can see what was happening. What started they exaggerated their difficulties. I've never seen any woman at the age of 54 who has never gotten married. Me, you were you at the age of 38, and I got saved at the age of 20. Me, you were you. You are exaggerating the difficulty. Or you don't know. Then you underestimate your abilities. Then you discourage yourself. You lose heart. You lose your composure. You cry every time. And then you begin to murmur. You blame people. You blame, you know, at the beginning they were blaming people. By the time you read the next verse, they were blaming God. Verse 3 of Numbers 14. And wherefore has the Lord brought us they blame Moses Koto. They blame Aaron Koto. Mbatelo mi obari e yon. Ibato loche otiku. Babato loche otiku. Odi stroke yoku. Kwasa to owa wora bakin mable oda alone. Koda bose da mi o. Now you see that. But in all of this, was it God? Was it Moses? Was it Aaron? Was it their stars? It was them. Lack of faith. Looking at things with the eyes of fear. Looking at things with the eyes of fear. It's not the way you see that matters. These people saw Moses. They saw God. One thing they never did, they never saw themselves. That's one thing they never did. They never for once at any point in time blame them. Blame themselves. But it's not the way you see that matters. It's not the way someone else sees it. It is the way God sees it. In closing this message, I would rather be a little bit fast here. I want to show us what happens when we begin to see with the eyes of faith. I will give you six things that happens when you begin to see with the eyes of faith. Number one, when you begin to see with the eyes of faith, faith shrinks my problem. If your faith is in God, the problem will, not, will look small. If your focus is on the problem, God will look small. Faith in God shrinks problem. When Joseph went to prison, he didn't blame anybody. His faith was in God. And 14 years became like yesterday. If your problem is big, it means you are operating in fear. 
If your problem is small, it means you are present faith. Who are thou great mountain before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt what? Become a plane. You look at the problem and say, Do you have a child yet? No. But it doesn't really bother me. Because I know I'm going to have. In the beginning when I was suffering in this town and there was no means of livelihood and things were not happening for me. In the beginning it was a big deal. But as my faith was growing, it was a small deal. There was, an, there was a house adage that I crammed in those days. No matter how long the night is, the day will break. I just settled it. He that will come will do what? Come. Now, the judge shall live by faith. If your problem looks too big, you are seen with the eyes of fear. And the more your faith grows, your problem shrinks in size. In those days, I was riding a motorcycle. In the beginning, it was a big deal. Man of God, Lori Keke. Lori Atakuku, Suzuki 100. OY8405Y. But later on, you know, in those days, when I go to the places, that motorcycle, I, I will not be able to park it in front of the church I'm going. I'll park it very far. Because I don't want them to know that I ride motorcycle. Later on, I drove it and parked it by the pastor's business Ben's car. At times I tried to kick it to down. It did not work. I tell the pastor, what about D? <laughs> when you are still with the eyes of faith, the mountains become molehills. Those great things become nothing. At that point, you have overcome. At that point, I just knew. It was a matter of years. It was a matter of weeks. It was I just knew. I was not afraid or ashamed to ride a motorcycle anymore. My long sleeve shirt. I mean, short sleeve shirt. I could not afford a long sleeve. Short sleeve shirt. I wear it. Tie my Bible on the back with rubber. Drive it and pack it in front of the church here. Yeah. Where were you? When we're going to start church, one man comes and said, please don't bring your motorcycle to church, sir. But I started packing it with dignity. In fact, I carried two people on the back. Faith shrinks. The way you know that you are looking with the eyes of faith is that that problem becomes what? Tiny. I don't have a baby, so what? I don't have a car, so what? I'm living with friends. So what? Your faith is growing. That's not I don't care attitude. Your faith is growing. You are now beginning to see it the way God sees it. The person who rides the motorcycle and the person who rides the car, before God, they are the same. The rich and the poor meet together. My God is the maker of them both. Not superior person. It is God in us that makes us anything. That's not like a big man of God. Nothing. We are only men. There's only a big God. I have a very big God. He's always on my. That's why. He's the big God. You will never see the word great used for any human being in the Bible. 
The word great is reserved for God. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You never see a great man. Anybody who tries to be great in the Bible died a shocking death. This is not something to share with God. Faith shrinks. You are in that mess and you feel cool, cool air. You don't have a baby, so what? You don't have a house, so what? You don't have a job, so what? You are not a university student, so what? For as long as the earth remains, your God's plan for your life is still on course. You will not die in the wilderness of life. You will enter into the promised land. This is the faith that overcomes the world. The problem will look so small. So small. You know, we are always trying to play to the galleries. Always trying to impress people. Always trying to look, acting big man with phone. For a number of years, I was using Nokia. And I still love Nokia. Nokia means I don't care. Nokia. <laughs> Today's obviously, I don't want them to see me with Palasa. What's Palasa? Say, I don't want them to see me with Palasa phone. No. Mm-mm. Palasa. If not for email and all of that, what do you do with the phone? Photo. You always take picture of yourself and put it display picture. And you know what? You are ugly. That's the problem. And so you want to see yourself all the time. One person said to me, he said, Sir, why don't you have a display picture on your WhatsApp and BBM? I said, because there's nothing to see about myself. I've seen it all. And those who want to see me have their own opinion of me. Whether I'm there, or I'm there, it doesn't mean anything. I look at some pictures on display, which I laugh. Is this something? I say, what's this? What's this? Insecurity is the reason for some of those things. Security. In his favor is life. Though we be endure for the night, in the morning come a joy. And in my prosperity, I will not be moved. This is what we call overcoming faith. When the thing that used to be big becomes small. I remember in those days, whenever people talk about me, I feel very unhappy. But you know when I hear some things, people say about me now, I say, eh? That's very interesting and I laugh. Years ago, I can't laugh. My, the culture of my face will change configuration. Number two, when you see with the eyes of faith, faith opens the door for a miracle. It opens the door. It's not a special program that opens the door for a miracle. It is faith. It is not a special man of God that opens the door for a miracle. It is faith. It's not a special ministry that opens the door for a miracle. It is faith in God. There is no point in the entire Bible wherever you see a miracle it is the person's faith. Mark eleven twenty two. have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. Verse 23 if thou shalt say unto this mountain be 
thou removed and be thou cast of the sea and shall not doubt in your heart but shall believe that what you say shall come to pass you shall have whatsoever you say verse 24 what things whatever you desire when you pray I didn't see where he said when hands are laid on you by somebody else it is your desire not mine one man came to me and said, I need a car. Pray for me. I said, hey, and to bad needy, now you bad That's what the Bible says. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. What things about you desire, when you pray, believe, you receive, and you... It's not done. We don't understand what faith is at all. That's why some things stay long. It is your faith that puts you over. Whatsoever is born of God overcome the world. This is the victory that overcome the world. Our faith. Not somebody else's faith. We are looking to somebody else's faith to put me over. It can't. It is your faith that opens the door. Open the door for a miracle. God moves on the earth. Whenever somebody believes. Now let me say this to you. God has set up the universe in a hierarchy of laws. And the law of faith is actually the highest law. The law of faith is the highest law. Now that's what we call the law of nature. The law of nature. This woman's ovary does not produce eggs anymore. Because she's 50. That is the law of nature. But the law of faith says all things are possible to him that believes. That's what the laws of faith says. The law of nature says this is water. This is wine. That's the law of nature. Water is water. Wine is wine. What does the law of faith says? He can turn water into the law of nature says your womb is in a particular state, your cervix in a particular place. But the law of faith says for by faith you understand that the world was made by the word of God. So that the thing that we see, we are made from the thing that did not appear. One of our sisters here in this church so many years ago she never menstruated Till the age of 32. When she was 28, she told me about the condition. I said, okay. So we started praying. When she was 30, a man came to her in the church and said he wanted to marry her. And I told him, go and pray properly. And the man went back and came. When she was 32, they got married here in this church. She had never menstruated once. Not once. When the man said, Sir, I want to take my wife now. Can I marry her? I said, Of course. Let me tell you something probably many people have never heard who even know the case. We sent her to a doctor once to have her examined, and they said a hormonal secretion for man were higher than that of a woman. But she was brought off brought up as a girl she had no breast 
I was terrified. The day she came to the office, I said, Daddy, I woke up. If my own breast were even bigger. The day she was going to get married, the man came and said, I said, okay, no problem. The girl came to me and said, Daddy, are you sure? I said, of course. The law of faith is higher than the law of nature. Nature said, no menstruation. Faith says, he make it the barren woman to keep a house and to be a joyful mother of children. The day they got married here, she came to me again inside the office where I was staying. He said, Daddy, I'm going to get married. And I said, Yes. We finished while I was trying to do the solemnization. I was trying to make them and change the house. The devil came and sat on my shoulder. He said, You are a bad person. You, you are marrying this man to this man. This is man united. This is not, this is not marriage. Where a man marries a man, what is that? Man united. So you are doing this? I kept quiet. We finished. She came to me and said, Daddy, I'm married. I said, you are. He said, but there's nothing yet. Oh. I said, don't worry. When we get to the bridge... Who will cross it? That day they went to Kwara Hotel here. Kwara Hotel. To, to, to the moon to eat their honey. After they got there, she said to the man, she wanted to take a bath. The man, the man had removed everything, only the box I was left. <laughs> he had been waiting for almost four years. So she was singing inside the shower. Our Father in heaven. We glorify your name. We bow down. She sang that song for almost 30 minutes. Then at a point in time, she was doing prophetic gestures. Our Father in heaven, we glorify your name. We bow down. Then she opened her eyes. She was menstruating for the first time. The very day she got married. The law of nature said she has not yet been able to menstruate. But the law of faith says when we get to the bridge, she got married to this man she shouted daddy inside the bathroom the man said wait daddy again I'm your daddy from today which daddy is that one she ran to the house to show me the blood so I told them to go and call the man look at what the man did when he came look at what when the man came this was how he was walking very angry. <laughs> he said, Daddy, why do you allow her to come here? He said, Daddy, I paid my dues. So I said, Come, sit down. Then I, I yarn him the tour. He said, Egbe. Eventually, she had a child. She's gone home to be with the Lord. But what I'm saying is, the law, this universe exists on various laws. But the law of faith is the highest. Because this whole world was created by faith. And you can always rule and learn by faith here. There are something money cannot answer to, faith will answer. There are certain things your family cannot answer to, faith will answer. There are certain things your education cannot answer to, faith will answer. Fear knocks the door. 
Faith opens it and there was nobody there. No matter what you fear, stretch your faith. It opens the door for a miracle. For a miracle. It opens the door for a miracle. It opens the door for a miracle. As a single person, let me tell you this, I'll go to point three. As a single person, there was a time I was just reading the book of Second Kings and I was reading the story of the woman, the barrel of being multiplied and the cruise of oil, I mean, the case of Elijah rather, how the barrel of meal multiplied and the cruise of oil so did, not, did not go out. Something dramatic now happened. That month, the end of that month, money, they didn't pay all salaries. That's the law. They didn't pay all salary. The law of educational sector. They didn't pay all salary. So when I was reading that thing, it just came to me as a thought. Why don't you change 20 naira, which was the last thing I had, to 1-1 one, one naira and put it inside the inner pocket of your jacket? How many of you have had this testimony before? Yeah. Put 20 naira inside. Change it to 1-1 one, one naira. And any time you need money, just go there. The number you need, just count. So I went to the bank and I got Crips note, 20 naira. And I came and put it inside the inner pocket of my jacket. It was my only blazer then. I said, I'm going to prove this thing. You see, when your faith grows, you do something. It opens the door for a miracle. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But if you have faith, as small as a mustard seed, you will make the mountains move. And it will be so. As a Christian, it's not everything I have money to buy that I use money to buy. You know what? I believe God for it. Years ago, when they were giving us car loan in Kwarapoli to buy cars, I said, no. I'm going to believe God for a car. Now I can buy a car. Then I can buy a car if I wanted to take a loan. But I didn't want to be tied down to Kwarapoli because I knew when the time for ministry comes, I will leave. And if you are having loan to pay, they will arrest you. And I didn't want to be tied down. I didn't want any encumbrance. So what did I do? I didn't take it. I knelt down. I prayed. God, give me money. That's how I started. Give me money to buy a car. And for six years, that prayer was wrong. Until I take it to God, give me a car. Many of us, our faith have not been fed enough to open the door for a miracle. A miracle does not happen because, they are, because the evangelist is anointed. It happens because of your faith. There are some things nowadays I just say, I'm not going to buy it. I want to believe God for it. I'm not going to buy it. I want to believe God for it. And immediately I believe God for it, the thing comes. Because when your faith is fed, it opens the door. The door is never opened without faith. 
the Bible says we have access through faith. Access. It opens the door. There's a point you feed your faith to. That you begin to have desires. Delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 37 verse 4. He will give you the desires of your heart. You feed your faith to a point that it opens your heart. And then you can believe God for anything. I can tell you again and again when I use my faith. The house where we are living, it was faith. Then I didn't have more than a million naira. The land was six million. How the remaining five million came, only God knows. How we build the house in 83 days, only God knows. In faith will produce incredible results in your life. Incredible. So you need to see with the eyes of faith if you want to enter into the promised land. There are some of us now they have told you this thing cannot be. If they said it cannot, that is the law of science. But that law can be suspended. In Ezekiel's value of dry bone, he said, can these bones live again? He said, only you God knows. Did the bone not live again? did. Dry bones shall rise again. True faith. That is why you cannot afford but build your faith. That is the essence of Easter faith convention. To remind you of your responsibility and duties to feed your faith. I have over 100 messages of faith. Because practically that is what controls my life. I have never borrowed money from anybody to do anything. Nothing. I have never. Why? Faith in God works. Whenever I want something, I build my faith along that line. This building that we built here, ICC, I was telling people, how it got built, I don't know. 380 million was what we spent. How it got built, I don't know. But I always do that. Faith will make you overcome. No matter what situation is, Hey, I don't have an egg. I don't have ovary. My, my uterus is turned upside down. Those are the laws of nature. That is what we call the law of faith. It opens the door. Lift up your head so you can be lifted up your veracidus. Let the prince of glory come in. The son, the, 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 the husband of one of our sisters who happened to be members of this church wanted to do PhD in a school in Canada. When he applied, they told him that there is no opening, that they have not given grants. How many of you have had this story before? Ah, let me tell you. They said that, that there's no grant. I said, grant? I said, is that your problem? He said, yes. I told the brother, I said, call the man and tell him there is grant. So he called the man and the man said, ah, what do you mean? I said, there's no grant. We have not had grant in the last three years. He said, but my, my reverend told me that I should tell you that there is grant. Just keep my name somewhere. They will send the grant very soon. So he told me. Now, here am I in the learning Etiamala. Here is a professor of a particular subject in Newfoundland, Canada. Newfoundland. 
And here is a brother in our church who married one of our sisters in Sapele or so. That's where they were. I said, tell him that there is. Now, what was that speaking? That's faith. That's how faith speaks. That is overcoming faith. That is how to overcome with your faith. When I said that, he told the man again. The man said, okay, that he has heard that he put his name in check. Six weeks later, he called the man. Now, let me tell you, he called that our brother. He said a grant has just been approved for one person. And the grant covers the man, his wife, his children, and he'll be working, and his wife will be working. The brother told, called me and said, it is happening, it is happening. I now told him. I said, my faith may have opened the door. When you get there, you are going to live by your own faith. He has gone now. He's there now. I still spoke to him. Before he got there, I got a pastor who has a church there to come and meet him, take care of him, and be helping him out with many things. He called me and said, Daddy, I said, that's faith in God. He said, the man told that in the last three years, no grant was given. But at your word, there may not be fishes inside the ocean, but when the word goes forth, it produces fish. We have toiled all night, we caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word. That's what faith is. Number three. When you see with the eyes of faith, it makes God to act on your behalf. It's similar to what I just said. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong. On the behalf of those whose heart is perfect. Let me give you the remaining three very quickly. Number four. What you see with the eyes of faith. It unlocks. All the promises of God. There is no area of your life. That does not have a promise. But you have not unlocked it. Let me say it like this. Every promise of God comes locked. It comes locked. There are over 9,000 promises in the Bible. They cover every area. Health, relationship, career, progress, promotion. But they are locked. They need to be opened. What is it that opens it? Faith. It is faith that opens a promise. A promise is just a promise. Until you believe it, it can never work. The promise of salvation was there years ago. It was when you believed it that you got saved. The promise of being the head and not the tail, it's there. But it's your faith in it. It is your believing it. It is your claiming it that unlocks it. You have to. The promise of prosperity is there. Psalm 35 verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be, and be, and be happy that favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually the Lord be magnified who take a pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Prosperity is not beyond anybody. 
you have to believe it to have it. God's help is not beyond anybody. You have to believe it's there for you to access it. Psalm 108 verse 12. Give us help, O Lord, from trouble. For vain is the help of man. You see, the point is this. Every promise come locked. It is your faith in it that opens it. It is your faith in it that makes it possible. All things are possible to who? Him that believes. Your believing it is what makes it work. Your faith in it. The Bible said in 2 Peter 1 4, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. So that by these promises, we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the world through lust. Long, long, long before I got an international passport, when I say international passport, I mean passport of another country, long, long before I got that, I had only a Nigerian passport. And there was one thing I usually say in those days. Now, my passport can take me to almost 150 countries without lining up in any embassy. But let me say this to you. When it was not like that, when all the passport I have is the same passport that you, are, you have, that is if you have one. There was a scripture in my heart that controls me. The earth is the Lord and the fullness. The earth is the Lord and the fullness. The earth is the Lord and the, and the fullness thereof. Which simply means that God is the king in all nations. He directs and rules the affair of all nations. So there is no nation God is sending me to that I will not apply for your visa and say there is no way. You don't have a choice. Because I happened to be born in Nigeria as an accident of birth. I should be able to go all over the world. When God had the son, it was the son for the world. So I had a global vision of faith. Whenever I go to any embassy, straight. One time, I was going to go to Canada the first time. And by then, the Canadian embassy here had closed down. And they say, we have to go to Ghana to get visa to go to Ghana. I said, no, I won't go to Ghana. I'm going to go to UK and get it there. Now, you don't do that. The law says you must get the visa from the country where you are living. That's the rule. Which means I cannot take my passport and go to the US and get a visa for Australia. That's the rule, ordinarily. But I said to myself one day, uh -uh, the earth is the Lord and the fullness, the world and they are dwelling. I said, if anybody tell me to go to Ghana, why not go to UK? Why do I have to go to Ghana? Why? If you don't have the faith, don't try it. So I went to the Canadian embassy. Anybody will tell you the Canadian embassy is a tough place to go. In those days, it was U.S. embassy, but Canada is. Canada will delay you, delay you until what you are going for, the date pass. Then they send your passport to that. Sorry, the date has passed for what you want to go for. So I went there. I went to the U.K. embassy. 
I told one pastor when I got there, I said, I want to go to Canada. I said, for what? I said, I want to go and collect visa. He said, why? Why did you collect in Nigeria? I said, because there is no Canadian embassy in Nigeria. He said, but the land that they go to Ghana, I said, if I can go to Ghana, why can't I come to UK? So I got there, they lined up, the man took my passport, looked at it. You see, I have great, my faith has become so strong in the area of international things. I pray over countries, I pray over cities, and I have developed my faith that anywhere I am, God's eyes in that place, and that I'm an ambassador for Christ. Will you refuse an ambassador visa? God said, you go to the place I command you. The word that I give you, will you speak? He's the one telling me to go. My name is Adekbo Yego. G-O. Jojo Lawale. Adekbo Yego. Go. 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 So I went to the embassy. My faith had grown. I built my faith in that area. You need to build your faith for finance. Faith for healing. Faith for promotion. You need to build it. It doesn't come anyhow. So we, I got there. The man took my passport. He said, you're supposed to get your visa in your country. I said, yes. But the embassy there is closed. He said, but there's a visa office in, um, in Ghana. Now there's a visa office in Lagos. In those days, there was no visa office. It was as a result of either a bachelor's regime or something that they packed from here and left. I said, yes. I said, but the appointment I have in Canada is such that I cannot afford to go to Ghana and come back. He looked at me like this and said, why did you choose to come here? I said, because I have the visa of this place. That's why I chose to come to UK. And if I have to go to Ghana, why can't I come to UK? The man looked at me and said, well, I'm not going to decide your fate. I was thinking, you, my fate in your hand. Mbo, Tanyo. He said, you can go. So I entered. When they were calling, they called me. I went to the window. They said, is it English or French? I said, English. Submit your form. The man looked at my password. He said, you are high profile. I said, why? He said, I can see the visa of many countries. He said, but you should have gotten this to Nigeria. I said, yes, I should have, just like he said. But this invitation to Canada came suddenly, and I could not go to Ghana and arrange my affairs. He looked at me like this. I said, see, there's only one person. Who can approve this? Or who will not approve it? When he said that, my mind made cooler. He was talking about a human being. I was talking about God. He said, there's only one person. Who would that person be? God! So he went in and came out. And he said, congratulations. I said, why? He said, we can see that you're high profile. You contacted the U.S. Embassy. This is what they said. We contacted the U.K. This is what they said about you. I say, I'm so happy to give you a visa. You ask for one year, I'll give you five years. I say, I don't need five. He said, that's what I will give you. Faith has worked over time. That's what faith does. You see, when your faith is released, nothing is impossible. Your faith in God's word. Your faith in God's word. Faith unlocks. The promise of God is there. Something has to do what? Unlock it. The promise are there. For promotion, for being the head, not the tail. For being above only. It unlocks it. It unlocks it. These promises are there. Gather them together 
and begin to unlock them. I can show you some of my old notes when I was developing my faith, old notes. I will get all the scripture on prosperity and I will begin to unlock them one by one. I claim this scripture. Whatsoever it is, I don't prosper. I claim this scripture. It is mine. I unlock it. Let the reality of it become my portion. It shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. Trust in the Lord. I unlock that. That is how to unlock. And that's the kind of faith that puts you over. That's the kind of faith that puts you over. I remember when I was unlocking the scripture that says Isaiah, I mean Psalm 45, 6 and 7. Ah, that was the scripture I unlocked. He said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of the kingdom is the right scepter. That love and righteousness that hated wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, have anointed thee with the oil of gladness above your fellows. I said, God, single me out. Let me be conspicuous in my generation. Raise me up. Advertise me. Exalt me. Connect me. Help me. Assist me. Strengthen my hand. Let me become irresistible. I was unlocking the scriptures. Those scriptures are not just there for me. I am the only one who is unlocking it. A scripture is like a treasure house. With a padlock on it. What you do is you come to it. With your mouth. With your heart. And you unlock it. So what it now says that offers. Becomes yours experientially. Oh dear. I can teach faith forever and ever. When you see things with eyes of faith, dreams and visions become reality. When you see, when you see with the eyes of faith, dreams and vision become reality. Recently I was talking to one of the young men we grew up in this town. He is now in Arizona. Recently I went to Arizona. Was it? No, no, it was in New York City. I saw him last. He is now in Arizona. So we were talking. He said something I can never forget. He said where you are when all of us were saying, God called us, God called us, God called us. He said, recently we met in a place. There were 25 of us who used to belong to this fellowship. And we were saying, God called us to do this, to be evangelist, to be pastor, to be teacher. He said, out of the 25 of us, not even a single person has seen that vision or dream come to pass. He said, for you, when you are saying God called you, we were also saying God called us. He said, what actually made your own vision and your dream to become a reality is that you believed it. How many of you have heard me say this before? Listen. On the 29th day of August 1989, when the Lufthansa aircraft took off the ground, I heard the Lord say to me, this day is coming to pass in the history of your life. Not because I said it, but because you believe it. How many of you remember I said that? That's what faith does. 
Faith turns vision to reality. That's what happened to Joseph. He had a vision. That's what happened to Paul. He had a vision. It's always not enough to have a vision or a dream. It's also important to have faith for it. Some of us here have vision, dream. You're going to establish a big restaurant. You're going to have a clothesline. You're going to have a ministry. You have the vision, but it takes faith for it to come to pass. You have to see with the eyes of faith. Long ago, when I started out in ministry, I told people that I had a vision, I had a calling. But people saw the way I was going around it. I would write the invitation letter to myself. Nobody was inviting me. Nobody knew I had a call. I would write an invitation letter to myself that I should come and preach in a place. I will, I will put it in an envelope. I will go outside my house. I will put it under the door. How many of you have heard me say that before? That is faith. Calling those things. That be, I will put it under the door of my own house. I will open the door. I will come in. I will take the envelope. I will open it. I will read it. I said, so you have invited me. Okay. Three-day seminar. All right. And then I'll begin to prepare. I will prepare. On the day, I will dress in my suit. I had only one. I will arrange the chairs. Only six. On my dining table. I will say the opening prayer. I will do the praise and worship. I will invite the man of God to the microphone. I will preach like I'm preaching today. For one hour. I will close the service. I will give an offering. I will collect the offering. That was faith. When you see with the eyes of faith, you begin to act for that. You begin to put it to practice. You begin to take steps in that direction. Just like eyes of fear make you feel discouraged, eyes of faith give you enthusiasm. At times in those days, after I finished preaching like that, I would put the cassette and say, let me listen to this man of God. That was my message. Inside my cassette tape recorder, so let me listen to this man of God. So I'll put it. And I'll say, Yeah, preach the word. That was me. Someone says, Is he mad? No, that's faith. That faith will keep you going. Even when others have stopped, it will keep you going. When others are not going anymore, it will keep you going. You need to see with the eyes of faith. Tonight, you know what you're going to do? You are going to call forth your destiny. What you can see, you are going to begin to call it. In those days, I will stand up like this in my house. I begin to shout in the name of country after country. Belgium! Here I come. One day I was shouting like that. I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, <laughs> it was so funny, but that was faith in action. Taking steps along the path that leads to the place where I'm going. Many of you have gone to the mountain top, you have seen the other side. You need to begin to call those things that be not. I bought a map of the world, put it on my bed. 
I will begin to look at the countries. I said, which country am I going to next? By that time, nobody invited me. I had a map, a globe near my bed. I was spinning like this. Pew! One day I put my hand. Iran. Hey! <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Ah! <laughs> you call those things that being not as though they were. I've told you here before, in those days I used to fly British Airways economy. There was business class, there was first class. After I've entered into the aircraft and I've gone to put down my hand luggage in the economy, you know what I do? I come to first class. And then I say, first class, I'm coming, just wait for me. Hmm? I'm coming very soon. I'm going to join you here. This is going to be my seat. I like this seat. One day I was there like that. Hostess came and said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm, I'm appreciating. First class. He said, did you buy first class ticket? I said, no, not yet. I said, what are we buy? She looked at me and said, you will buy. Do you have it? And I said, no. I said, but why are you here? I said, I want to see how it looks like so that when I come, I will, I will not be coming as a stranger. He said, please, get out. <laughs> but I kept doing it. I kept doing it. I kept doing it. One day, I was invited by someone and he bought the first class ticket. Come and see how I sat down. I say, I'm here at last. I said, it's a dream, it's a vision. It became reality. Tonight, you're going to call by faith. Because this country is like this, or something, you're not going to succeed in life. The darker it grows, the brighter you shine. It is your turn. It is your day. This evil will pass. You will get to where you are going. You will become that person. You will achieve and attain destiny. Nobody could convince me against who I was going to become. There are many obstacles. But I made up my mind I was going to triumph. You will triumph. I always said this to everybody. If anybody can make it, you too can make it. There's nothing about you that there's nothing about anybody that you don't have. On top of it, you have good teachings, you have good examples, and you have the anointing that breaks the yoke. Let this, this, this Easter be the Easter of deliverance. Every failure, nail it against the wall. Every mixed opportunity, nail it against the wall. And begin to chart a course for yourself to the next level. Can you see it with eyes that can see the invisible? I always tell people at times, I just close my eyes and I just look. When God told Abraham, Genesis 13, 14. Look from the place where you stand. He was not talking about physical eyes. Tonight, I want you to look at the days ahead with your spiritual eye. First Corinthians 2, 9. Eye have not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of men. It is not eyes there. It is eye. E-Y-E. Who talks about the eye of your spirit. My prayer for each tonight is Ephesians 1 18. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That God will be his flood of fire into your hearts. That you will see the glory 
of the coming of the beauty of your life say this with me i receive that and it has become reality in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit stand on your feet and let's bless god thank you father thank you lord thank you lord go ahead go ahead close that eye and see 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 close that eye and see 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 look ahead look ahead look at your child look at your house look at your career look at the beauty of your ministry look at the days ahead look at the days ahead look at the days ahead who you are going to be what you are going to have who you are going to become Look at the days ahead. The future is bright. Better days are ahead of you. See yourself the way God sees you. See yourself the way God sees you. See your future the way God sees your future. Your future is bright. God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are thoughts, they are not thoughts of disaster, but thoughts of well-being for you to have a future and a hope. Jembra Karabas 